Section 7 of Editorials from the Dial Magazine, Volume 66. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Peace Conference is confronted by four groups of questions, penological, territorial, commercial, and social. Of these, the first three are most interesting to the type of mind of members of the Congress, but while they are in the foreground, the social situation enforced by the challenge of Bolshevism must be latent in every discussion. It is this situation which makes the all-inclusive and transcending problem of the conference the question whether it can make peace at all, whether the elements in control of the dominant nations can so harmonize their penological, political, and commercial interests that the fabric of international relations can be restored. For if they fail, if they cannot end war and the menace of it, the present civilization is doomed. Now the restoration of the international fabric is brought within bounds of possibility by the proposed League of Free Nations. There has been much discussion as to whether its establishment should be given priority over other matters, or be relegated to the background, to be taken up after territorial claims and financial penalties have been adjusted. Such postponement, however, was promptly seen to imply that the League of Nations would be dealt with perfunctorily, half-heartedly, and skeptically. At best it would be a vague union, valuable chiefly as a preliminary sketch of what good intentions might accomplish, if backed by an authority that would in all probability be lacking. At worst it would be a holy alliance designed to ensure the permanence of such arrangements, territorial and commercial as the dominant powers might impose. Only if the establishment of the League of Nations be given priority is there much chance of its becoming an effective power in the world. Those who regard the League as the primary object of the conference will probably not have the strength to secure this priority of consideration, but the territorial and commercial questions are so complicated and difficult that it may prove that the sponsors of this or that claim or policy may be driven to support the priority of the League, as the only possible means of securing progress. It is coming to be perceived that only by renunciation is any political settlement of the world possible. The central powers have already been notified pretty clearly of the sacrifices expected of them. The finger of the world is pointed at grasping Italy. Poland, Romania, and the new Slavic states will be called upon to modify their demands. Nothing would advance the settlement so much as the inclusion of Ireland, Egypt, India, and the Philippines under the formula of self-determination. Now the League, truly conceived, represents essentially just this idea of renunciation. It undertakes to ensure that sacrifice of sovereignty or possession shall not mean loss of safety or prosperity. It is evident that the League, if it were already in existence, would simplify enormously the problems of settlement by providing machinery and safeguards for their solution. It is therefore possible that the urgent need will result in the creation of the instrument, and it is further possible that through the League such a system of political and commercial readjustments throughout the world may be reached that the social question may be kept in the background and left to be answered by the nations individually under the aegis of self-determination. The connection between the social situation and political policy 
in the minds of the diplomats who composed the conference is obvious it is the pressure of social unrest that is impelling certain nations to demand the uttermost fruits of victory in territory and indemnity but only the blindest fail to see that extreme demands enforced against one nation will make that nation a home for the anarchy which is a menace to all and only the dullest imagine that the people of any nation will support the strain of continued preparedness for a war made inevitable by a piece of conquest to put it plainly the fundamental necessity for a better world is a great sacrifice of the instinct for possession if the peace conference can arrange a plan under which the sacrifice is made primarily by the existing nations through a generous arrangement of their political and commercial relations then we may look with some confidence toward a relatively peaceful social readjustment within their borders but if this plan fails if the predatory instincts sway the conference to concern itself chiefly with demands for territory indemnity and commercial privilege on the part of the victors then indeed the rulers of the world will have proved once more their unfitness and this time the people cannot be deceived it will then be certain that no beneficent world order can come out of societies which are based on the possessive instincts of mankind to deny priority to the league is to grant it to revolution the choice is before the conference a piece of generosity self-denial and goodwill or anarchy end of section seven